Hello and welcome to the Dad Vengeance podcast, sponsored by Tonka, because being tough is all about getting out and playing. My name's Nigel Clark and I'm founder of Dad Vengers and host of this wonderful parenting podcast where we explore different aspects of parenting and hone in on the dad point of view. But it's not just about the dads. Mums, grandparents, carers, soon-to-be parents, we want you involved in the conversation too. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, please, please, please subscribe. It's so important because we can only continue to have important conversations like this if we can prove you're out there listening and subscribing is the best way to let us know. So let's talk, let's laugh, let's share the things we find difficult and become the type of dads we really wanna be. Today's guest is one half of one of the biggest acts on the UK hip hop scene, but his skills don't stop there. He's presented BBC show, The Rap Game UK, which is currently in its third series. He co-owns dessert restaurant Crepes and Cones, has been star of the acclaimed documentary, We Are England on the BBC, and is the creator of a baby skincare line named after his daughter. I'm really pleased to welcome Cassio Johnson, AKA Crep, to the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for having me, brother, man. Dude, it is so great that you could be here and give some time because I know you are a busy, busy man. Third series of uh, Rap Game UK right now. Fourth. Fourth. Oh, wow. Fourth. Yeah, because oh, you're ahead. Yeah, we just, done the, we just done the... Yeah, yeah, we just done the third. So we're filming the fourth, sorry. Wow, wow. Yeah, because you're ahead of what we see in, yeah, in the yeah, public yeah, eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah, means, yeah. that means things are going really, really well. Yeah, when you get a season four, you know it's doing all right. Isn't it? <laughs> we just finished filming that in Manchester. Oh, wow. So you go up to Manchester and film it. And you're based in London, right? Essex. I'm in Essex. Essex. Essex, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, did you grow up in Essex? No, no, no. I just moved out here. <laughs> Where did you grow up? At Crystal Palace. Oh, okay. So, London. South, South, South East London. South East, yeah, yeah. South East London. And what was it like growing up? Did you, what was your family like? What What was your setup? So, um, it was from well, what I can remember, um, like the youngest I can remember, but it's, it's it was always me, my big brother, um, who's five years older than me, and my mum. Um, yeah, my mum was a single mum for a while and then she got married. Um, and then it was my mum, my stepdad, um, my brother, and um, a lot of the time his, my stepdad's children was around and stayed around the majority of the time as well. So that became our new dynamic. And then my, they, and then they had a, a child, which was my little sister. So my mum and my stepdad. So yeah, my dad, uh, my dad and my mum has never been together for as long as I can like remember. All right. So before you even have any true proper memories, your mum was already <laughs> split from your dad. Yeah, yeah. Did you see him much? Yeah, I did. Um, I did. When I was younger, I did see him. Um, we became closer more like um, in more of the last few years than we was when I was younger. Because there was a period that he went to jail for like five years for, for like my main childhood. So he probably wasn't around. But before that, you know, I had a, I did have a good relationship with him. Um, and then when he went jail, I think we started to communicate a bit more when he was when he actually went to jail, actually. And then when he came out of jail, um, we became a lot closer. 
So what age, can you remember what ages he went to jail? What age you were? Roughly. <clears throat> um, I remember it was throughout school, so, and it was for like five years. So I'd probably say from, I was about 11 to okay. 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16, around that, around that age. The reason I ask is because um, on a podcast before we had uh, Harry Gregory. I don't know if you know um, the comedian White Yardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does loads of stuff on Instagram and stuff. So he's been on the podcast before. And we've heard his story told from a different angle where um, his dad was in jail when he was having a baby. So um, Harry was having his little one and yeah. his dad was, had been in jail and then um, Harry had been to jail and he didn't want his child to see him in jail. So he kind of changed his whole trajectory and his whole career. So it's interesting to see things from a different point of view where you're the child whose father was in jail and how that may have like affected you in life. Do you think it, it may, it, it did affect you? Do you think it made you more, gave you more drive to not end up in jail? Do you think it made you think about those things? Yeah, like when my dad, when my dad went to jail, it definitely um, kind of reiterated to me that, you know, that that's something I, I, I need to stay out of jail. And especially when I was young, where I grew up, it was like rough. We had like, you know, grew up in, in, that, in that lifestyle of gangs and this, that and the fourth. And, you know, a lot of my friends was going to jail and, and loads of crazy stuff was happening. And my dad going to jail really was like the kind of eye opener where I was like, I don't want to end up going to jail and see my friends go to jail. And I was just like, yeah. And it was always on my mind to be like, I'm staring clear from this thing called jail. And I always tried to, you know, keep myself occupied doing things. And, you know, music was one of those things that I, always, I was always like, I want to focus and, you know, do music. I love doing music. You know, I even went uni, even though I hated it. I went uni, got a degree and, and I, I feel like I was always like, and that was another part of the reason, isn't it? That I went to uni, I was like, if I go uni, what's the chances of me getting into, I'm going to be in uni, I'm going to yeah, be out yeah. of London. I'm gonna, And it was like, there were so many different factors. Um, but definitely my dad going to jail was like one of those kind of trigger points in my life that made me think, like from a young age, it's always been in that subconscious of me from when I was like, you know, 11. I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to end up there. Um, and just going to visit my dad in jail, I remember just seeing it and I was like, I don't ever want to come here. Like, I never want to be in this place. Like, this is crazy. And yeah, I feel like it's always, uh, you know, it's played a big um, role in how I've manoeuvred my life. When, when you were there at that age and you're thinking about things like that and you've got peers who uh, maybe have family members in the same same sort of situation or um, have peers in the same situation. Do you ever talk about that kind of thing? Did you ever talk to your mates about, yeah, my dad's inside? Yeah, I did, like, um, I did speak to, like, my friends, because, like, my, my dad, my dad um, used to come around, like, he used to work near where I actually lived and um, in Nord Park. So a lot of my friends would see him and stuff. And then there was just a period where they didn't see him anymore. And then it was just like, it was like, where's your, where's your dad? And it was like, 
uh, he's in jail kind of thing. And, you know, I, I had that question a few times. Like, oh, where's your dad? Where's your dad? And it was just like, I just, you know, I didn't want to lie about it. So I was just like, he's in jail. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely something that, you know, I spoke about. Were you embarrassed about it? I don't think I was embarrassed about it because it was, it just is, it was what it was. And, and you know, I, I have friends whose dads have been to jail, even when I've got friends whose mothers have been to jail. And so it wasn't like something I was embarrassed about. It was just more like, oh, yeah, he's in, he's in jail kind of thing. And, yeah, because the thing is, I asked that question because there's the other side of that question, which if we're going to talk about this subject and keep it real, there's some sort of, what's the best way to put this? Uh, it can be celebrated in some sort of ways, in some circles. If you were in circles of friends that were maybe doing the wrong kind of thing or, you know, getting into drugs and that kind of thing, to have a father that was in jail, it's kind of like you get props for that. You get you get kind of respected in some way, which is, which is wrong. Oh, yeah, because it's like, oh, yeah, my dad was in jail and it's like, yeah, I'm from that kind of lifestyle and this, that and the fourth. Like, but, no, nah, like, I've just never been that person that's been like... You know, I've all I've always understood where I've wanted to be and, and what I've wanted to do in it. So, like, even though I not, I get it, it was like that that you know, it's in culture, this culture, the street culture, this youth street culture. It's like, yeah, you know, if you go to jail, it's like a kind of like a I don't know badge yeah. or something like that, isn't it? But I've always just thought, nah, like I'm not, nah, I don't ever want to go to this place. I don't ever want to go to jail. I'm gonna make sure I never go to that place. Um, so it wasn't something I was ever proud about, even though I grew up in that environment. Um, like I didn't boast about it or tell my friends, oh yeah, my dad's in jail for this. That it was always only if, oh, where's your dad? Or it, brought, it was brought up in conversation and someone asked and I had no reason to just, you know what I'm saying, lie about it. So I just, that, that was the kind of way I, anybody would ever know that my dad was in, in jail. To have that kind of um, thought process and to stay that way, you must have had good role models. And that must have been in your mum. That must have been, were there other people? Who were your role models that kept you on that straight and narrow? Yeah, my mum was a, was, a, was a great role model um, in my life. Just witnessing her, you know, going through, she went through a lot. And it was, it was her having a brain hemorrhage. She had a brain hemorrhage. Um, and I remember the day as well, like, that it happened. And, like, it, it always made me feel like I had a timer with my mum. So I felt like I need to just make her as proud as I possibly can. So she was a major reason of, of, of you know, me always trying to, my best to stay out of any sort of situations. And any time I did get in those situations, I felt like I proper let her down. And I did get into a situation one time and she was just like, I failed as a parent. And I remember it and I was like, nope, this is it. And then I remember uni, I was like, yeah. And that was a part of it. I'm, I'm thinking my dad went jail, this and this. And then I was thinking loads of all these other things. Then I was like, she was like the trigger point of where I was like, yeah, nah, I'm going to 100% make this woman proud if it's the last thing that I do. And yeah, so she was like, a real driving force and her saying that really hit me and that was when I was like yeah no I'm gonna make her proud I'm gonna make her proud and ever since then I've just literally not let 
my foot off the, the gas pedal. Dude, dude. Like, that's one off that's absolutely incredible and amazing, and you're a credit to your mum. Secondly, um, I was talking to Patrick Hutchinson, you know, the guy who um, lifted the Black, Black Lives Matter protester out of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, I was talking to him, and we were both actually listening to the Will Smith book. We were both listening to it on, on Audible. And he spoke about a moment, Will Smith spoke about a moment when his grandmother, I think it is, like said she was disappointed in him, right? And literally the exact same thing that you're talking. And then Patrick Hutchinson had a, 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 a person in his life who did the same as well. And it's just funny seeing successful people who've had a moment where a role model has been disappointed in them and you're so yeah. you you love that role model so much so much <laughs> that you, you change the trajectory of your yeah, life it literally catapults you into a whole new you know driving force so yeah yeah definitely that's amazing dude um so that's a, a, an amazing female role model with your dad incarcerated it must have been more difficult to have positive role positive male role models um, I know you've got a stepdad later on. Was he a positive role model? Who were your positive male role models moving forward? Yeah, my, my stepdad was, he was just such a calm, relaxed guy. So he was just a, a, like a good person and he made my mum happy. And that was the main thing. But my actual main role model was my uncle, which was Cadet, who's my cousin who passed away, his dad. But my uncle passed away like literally two weeks ago. But he was like the main role model in my life in terms of like, he just was such a family, like the, the spine of the family. Like he was, you know, he would make sure everyone was good, make sure everything's okay, make sure everything's in check and make sure we all got around at the weekends or Sundays or this, that. And he was just like, he done, he had a, an amazing job. He had properties, he had this. And he was just like, you know, that man that was just like, nah, this is, the, he's the guy. And then, and then, and then like, I noticed all the women loved him. Like, I just was like, nah, this is the guy. You're the guy, bro. Like, nah, you're the guy. He was too slick. He was just one of them cool, slick people. Do you know what I mean? And he was like my proper role model, man. Like, for sure. Did you did you say he, he recently passed away? Yeah, he recently passed I'm away. I'm so like, sorry about that. And, and he was the father of Cadet who also passed away not long ago. That yeah. is such a family tragedy to happen it must be so hard for you and your mum and and all the people in there yeah like um it it was probably been like the hardest couple of weeks like losing cadet he was my closest cousin that me and him was like literally like you know left and right like um and losing him was like like that was one thing and it's crazy because my uncle passed um, from cancer. He had a brain tumour. And when he found out that he had a brain tumour, Cadet was alive. And he sat us all down and was like, look, I've just, you know, been diagnosed with, with cancer. I've got a brain tumour. And they said they can't treat it. Um, I don't know how long I've got. Um, and I remember me and Cadet was talking about, like, oh, like, this is crazy. Like, it's mad. And we were just talking about it. And he was like, yeah, we're... And, you know, he was talking about how they're mending their relationship um, and how they're getting closer um, because they had issues as well, like, you know, 
father and son issues and they started building back on their relationship. And then we was talking about that and then not long after, Cadet literally passed away in a car accident. And then it was like, so in the back of our mind, it was like, we know we've lost blame, but we also know we're losing my uncle as well because he's got a brain tumour. So and the thing is, in a situation like, like that, in a situation like that, you were all probably focused on your uncle. Literally. You, That's what I mean. Like, uh, we was all thinking, like, oh, like, we've got to make sure we, you know, have the best moments with our uncle right now. And, like, it's all about him. And then that just diverted to blame when he passed away. And it was just like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, um, so, yeah, it was it was so difficult. And that was, like, the first time I ever, ever seen my uncle emotionally cry. Like, he was that cool. Like, he nothing. Like, he didn't cry over nothing. And that was the first time. Even we when we lost our granddad, he was so composed about it. And, like, he was holding up my dad, who was really emotional, and this, that, and the fourth. But this time, it was, like, the first time I've actually seen him break down. And then, you know, it was just, like, in my head, the back of my head, I was, like, I know I'm going to go through this again. And I don't know when it's going to be any moment now kind of thing. And they did, they gave him three months and he lived for three years. So it was, you know, a blessing that he, we even had him for that, you know, much um, time. But, um, yeah, in the past month, it really got bad. And, um, yeah, we, we lost him two weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, and, then, like, it, it was weird because him and Blaine Cadet lived together. So... When we was all there at the house, it was like both their rooms are like back to back. So I don't know if you can imagine, but like imagine just being there and just thinking that they're both gone, like both of them, like no one's going to be here. And it was just like, it was so emotional. Like it is so emotional. It's still like, you know, the funeral's not yet, but, you know, we're still going through a lot right now. And Yeah, man, it was, it was, and he was like my proper role model like I'll go to him for advice on stuff on business and stuff like that he was just that person you know what I mean and yeah man it was a massive loss for me and our family dude thank you so much for being open and talking about something like that because it's so raw and fresh for you now that it can't be easy but believe me in the amount that I appreciate it because there will be someone out there that will listen to this one day and hearing you talk openly about it, it will help them. It will help them get to a better place. And one thing that you just mentioned about your uncle breaking down and crying, I'm, and don't take this, what I'm gonna say in the wrong way. I'm so glad that you got to see him be emotional and be, and see that softer side to him because uh, the history of the way men have been depicted and m- meant to depict themselves as I'm the strongest, I'm the this and yeah. that, uh, I don't cry ever and all of that. It, it's it's wrong, it's unhealthy in, in a way. Um, and we need to be able to to cry in front of our family, cry in front of our friends, show when we feel emotion. So I'm, I'm really glad that you got to see it. And the way you spoke about it and the way it has affected you shows me that 
hopefully one day you you'll be successful you'll do this you'll do that but you won't be afraid to 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 cry if you need to and break down and show that no definitely so you had great role models what sort of weight do you think if any has been put on your shoulder losing two two great men from your family um and being and also being in in the position you are because you're probably in your family a lot of people look up to you because you're in the public eye you're successful you're this you're that you've got businesses yeah 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 no definitely um it's it's a lot of a lot of pressure because you know they were two people that a lot of people went to for a lot of things whether it's advice help whatever it was so for them to you know be gone it's like I'm now one of those leading people in the family that people are going to be leaning onto for advice, help, or this, that, and the fourth. So there, there is a lot of pressure for that. And, you know, that's just one side of your family when you've got a whole other side of your family as well. Um, who you're that same person in that family as well. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, no, it, it does get, um, you know, like I do think about it like I think, wow, this is actually a lot. And, I just hope I, I, you know, I can deal with it in the best way I can, I possibly can. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Never be afraid to ask for help. You, it's, it's a, it's a position to be in, and I'm sure a lot of people will look up to you, and you'll, you'll handle it well. The way you, the way you hold yourself, the way you talk about things, I think you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely you, fine. Did you always want to be a dad? Um, yeah, definitely. Always wanted to be a dad. What, from young, from young, young teenager age, you were like, yeah, one day? Yeah, but, well, you know what? I always wanted to be, have a son. Oh, wow. And then, and then when I had a girl, I changed. I don't want a son anymore. I just want girls for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find out beforehand what sex your baby was going to be? Um, yeah, we'd done a gender reveal. Yeah. But um, before the gender reveal, so we'd done a gender reveal about Four or five months in, yeah, or six or even six months. Wait, twenty weeks no. probably, probably yeah. twenty yeah, weeks scan, like, and then after that, yeah, yeah, it was about five six months in. Found out um, what was happening, but before I was sure it was a boy. Like I had a boy name, everything. <laughs> like it was like yeah, it's a boy. painted the room. I swear, I swear, I even got him a little man U top and that. Like I was just that sure. I was like yeah, like it's matching. Like, um, but yeah, and then when I found out it was a girl, I was like. A girl, like no way, no way, and it was like probably like oh yeah, but I I I did always want to be a parent, like I did, like that's always been something that I've been like, God willing, I I'll be able to have children. Yeah, man, and, definitely, yeah. and congratulations on becoming a father. Little girls Thank melt you. those little those dads' hearts. They do. Yeah, they do, they do. And they, I can like, see that that your daughter has definitely melted yours because you went full. <laughs> Full 360, mate. You're like, what? sorry, full 180. You're like, I want <laughs> girls now. Girls all the way. Yeah, yeah, girls, mate. Girls, she's something else like having, you know, a little girl that is literally dependent on you and, you know, they're looking at you for every next step and they're learning off you like a sponge. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just, yeah, it's just been the best thing ever, the best, you know, journey I've ever been on in my entire life. How did it change you when, after your daughter was born? 
that was like the next kickstart. I needed. <laughs> like, you know, there was that one with my mum. Yeah. And then there was this one was like the, the refuel that I needed. Turbo charge, hit the night. Yeah. Throw. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, I've literally got a child. Like I have to go hard. Like they, and it changed me because it just changed the way I thought about things um, in terms of, I was somebody that always put like, you know, work or business first. And when she was born, I changed that around and put her first and then I put everything around her and then that made me realise that I should have been doing that this whole time with everyone with my family and friends and people that I love and it made me realise that you know instead of chasing work chasing work chasing work by the time you get to where you want to get to you're not going to have anyone to share the, the everything with uh-huh. anyway because you've lost all those memories that you should have been taking while you was chasing it. Yeah. So she made me realise that and she's really brought me back down to, you know, putting other things that are a lot more important at the forefront of my life. And, you know, obviously working is, is important, but I was literally like work and then maybe I'll see if I can go and visit you or maybe it was just literally work, 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 work. But now she's really balanced me out and made me realise that I can still do both and make time for things that are important because, you know, she's my priority. So I work around her now. You remind me of a, um, I was the same. I was a workaholic kind of guy and I was doing a, a show where I was travelling around the world doing a theatre show, Stomp. And it was my mum's 50th birthday and I just got this job. I was just new in this job and we were away and they, my family were throwing a party for my mum's 50th and I was going to be away. And I didn't go back to that party. My mum was like, no, you need to be, because I'd been this new job. It was like literally career, just like, you know, when your career goes from like, okay, normal to like, bosh, like you're you're on the scene now. And it was like, only a few weeks into that. And I didn't want to be the guy who was like going away from work for, for a family situation, like just arrived at work and then I'm leaving to do this. Leaving, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to this day, I'm like, you know what? Now, looking back at it, I'm like, you should have just, you should have just gone to the party. Like I made my mum's 60th and I made my dad's eight, and none of, it's never happened ever again. And, but it's a tiny little regret that I have where it's like, yo, I should have made that party, should have done that. Yeah, I've got I've got a few of those, man. So like, I've just definitely felt like yeah, and especially after you know losing Blaine and losing my uncle and like thinking like I don't want to have those that feeling where I felt like I should have spent more time with this person, I should have done more things with this person. So she's definitely changed my thought process in that that aspect. We are so happy to have Tonka as our sponsor this series. Basic Fun's Tonka collection is packed full of fun vehicles for kids who want to get out and get tough with their toys. So dads, you've got no excuse. Grab that Mighty Steel Classic truck. It's time to head to the sandpit for some tough play. Now, you've, you've had your first child, but you're now co-parenting. You've split from um, your daughter's mum and now you co-parent together. How was that adjustment? Because some people find it really hard some people take to it a little bit more easy. I mean, we live in a time now where it's blended families and it should be, you know, it's all about the child. But sometimes that doesn't happen. What was it like for you? With with me um, and Sasha, um, 
when we split, obviously it was it was hard because for both of us it was like we were so used to just spending you know every day with our child mm. that we've just had to then I've got her some days, you've got her some days, I've got her some days, and getting used to that dynamic. But one promise that we made is that we'll always put our child first before any decision that we make, um, whether it's an emotional decision or, you know, anything out to do with feelings, emotions, or yeah. anything personal, anything we're, we're feeling, we're going to put that aside and we'll put what's best for her first. And once we made that decision and agreement, it's been easy since like every decision that we've made is always for the best interest of her. And I feel like, and then as time goes on, you start getting used to the dynamic of it. So now we're both used to, you know, not having our daughter all the time and seeing her all the time. And, you know, this is daddy time and this is mummy time. And that's become our norm. And we've done that longer than we've done, you know, had her as a, a prior to, to, to be in split so we're now used to that a lot more than we was before so you know time is one thing it's just you just got to believe in time time you know makes everything easier and you get used to things and those dynamics and and put the child first man and that and that is the number one rule like no matter what decision you think you're going to make think is this in the best interest of my child and if it isn't then you're making the wrong decision. Totally. I'm in full agreement with you there. Um, what I'm taking from what you just said is that the communication between you and Sasha, even if it's in a strained place for the two of you, you still communicate in an adult and a mature way. Yes. You, you yeah, communicate definitely. in a mature... Would you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, man. Because we, we all have these times where, you know, we don't see eye to eye with someone. And some people can get to the slanging matches and the shouting and the screaming and all of that. And you may have been there. I may have been there. But sometimes we take a step and we go, hold on. That's not the way things should be done. And you get to that point of good communication. Was that difficult for you? <laughs> um... It, it is difficult, but like it's still that still that thought process of put her first. Like there'll be times me and her might be arguing, like, oh my god, you're so selfish, you're so this, you're so that. Yeah, oh no, da 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 da. All right, be the eight thirty. It's like it's like we just like and that's that's the dynamic in it. Like no matter how, if we have arguments or whatever we're having issues about, it's like I'll be there to pick up another eight thirty. All right, cool, see you then. And then it's just like. Darling no, comes first, you know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't matter what's happening. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we're arguing, we're friends and we're cool. And like, it's always her first. And, you know, a lot of people put their emotions first and then they do things and try to be spiteful to one another. And then it affects the child because the child might not get, get to see their mom or get to see the dad because somebody wants to, you know, just yeah. use that. And, and it's, there's, there's those situations and I think that's the worst worst thing to do like i can't stand those situations like no. proper it proper infuriates me when people use kids you know as to, tools to, as tools to, for their emotional feelings I, I, I can't stand it and i just feel like i'm just never ever gonna do that good for you man good for you so do you and sasha ever worry about 
Nala growing up in this country? I mean, uh, you did a documentary when you were making uh, the England Euro songs and stuff about Englishness and things like that. You have uh, a black child who is living in the UK. Is that a worry for you? Do you think about certain things? Yeah, it, it, it is. It is a, I have thought about it. Like, I've definitely thought about, like, oh, I should go to school. And... and worry might be the wrong word. I might have used the wrong word there, worry. I thought about it. Not, yeah. not, not, not necessarily worry. Because I don't worry. <laughs> You're like me. Yeah, I'm not worrying about nothing because it's my child and you know what I mean, bruv. <laughs> but obviously you do think about it. You think you do think about it like in terms of like just even her feelings and like if she goes to school and imagine she's like one of many, one of few, sorry, black kids there and how comfortable she might feel and how they will treat her. And I do think about that and I, and I, you know what it is? I just hope that this new generation are just much better than the generation we're used to. And, and that's all I hope and pray for, man. Um, you know, I know there's some places still that are just still in their ways, but I feel like where we are in London and like, I feel like we're as multicultural as it gets, man. So I feel like I'm hoping she, she'll be all right, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And if she's not, then we've got to have a word with a few parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Call me up. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll have a word with I know a couple parents uh, and a couple parents know me, so we'll have a word together. <laughs> they definitely know you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke, I spoke just then about the documentary that you did. Um, was there any points when you were making that where... You know, you've grown up, you you know what the country's like, where it even then opened your eyes to like, whoa, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many times, man. I had a lot of the time, you know, when I was young, just, you know, the, the, the police stereotype was one of the main ones. Um, but like, I've had like loads of experiences where, um, oh, like this one time, I'll never forget, I had a, um, I had a Bentley, yeah. And I was in Chiswick and I parked my car, went ordered food and then, but the shop was baking hot. So I went back outside and I was just chilling outside, leaning on my car, waiting for my food, innit? it? They said it would be like 10 minutes or whatever. So I was just chilling, leaning on. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was, it, I was leaning on my car, chilling, leaning on my car. And then uh, a lady came up to me and she was like, what are you doing? On that car, you shouldn't be on that car. Move from the car and calling the police. You shouldn't be here. That's other people's properties. And I and I was just looking at her like, is this woman for real? Like she she can't even comprehend the fact that, that is my car. Like she does. There was no way. No way. That's your. There's no way. Get off the car. This is a residential level. It's an area and da 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 da. I just did, I didn't even say nothing. I just took my keys out and went beep beep and went and sat in my car. <laughs> if you ever saw, like, if you could ever see her face, yeah, uh, you would pay money to have seen her face. Like, she felt so stupid. But I was just like, it was just stuff like that, and and you know, I've still I've still been in shops now where I'm walking around and the security's following me, and I'm just like, Dude. mate, seriously, yeah, like. 
You get me? And when they yeah, take that little like, sidestep so they can see down the aisle. Yeah, and I'm just like, there's <laughs> no way I'm being followed in a shop in 2022, bro. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? And you, you, you still, um, you still do, you know, experience stuff like that, um, um, which is still kind of disappointing, and you know that we have these stereotypes, but, um, yeah. It's weird, I feel like we've been, I don't know, it's just like, I don't know if we've, they've just been conditioned to to be this way with us and I don't know, like, it's, it's crazy. It happens a lot. I mean, conditioning to to just accept things, do things, be a certain way. We don't even realise it, it's unconscious. We've been conditioned in, in certain ways and we just go about our lives and don't make any changes. That brings me nicely to what you've been doing because we're conditioned to just buy products off the shelves, aren't we? Whether that be a skincare product, whether that be, you know, uh, a razor for your face or whatever. And we're just told, yeah, this has got this in it. It's cool. It's, it's, it's awesome. Go and, go and buy it and use it. You have developed a skincare range for children that changes the game, right? Definitely. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about where the idea came from, the whole thing. Yeah, um, it's very disruptive. <laughs> um, In a good way. That. Yeah, it's very disruptive. And I know that because, you know, a couple of the other brands are a bit like, oh, what's happening here? And um, <laughs> I've been told certain things. I'm like, oh, this is great then. But um, this is what we came here to do. But, um, you know, um, it's called Nala's Baby. It's named after our daughter, Nala. Um, it came from when Sasha was pregnant. Um, so it, it happened really organically and, and naturally, no pun intended. <laughs> but it it was when Sasha was pregnant, she was really like concerned about what she was using on her skin and what she was eating. And then she was like, oh, I heard like, you know, if you put certain things on your skin, it can seep through your pores and get into your fetus. And, and she was just like, so it's like, everything needs to be natural yeah 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 she was just like so she's like yeah natural 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 and she got introduced and we was getting gifts from baby showers and stuff like that so we was getting loads of gifts and of loads of different skincare products and then someone was like no you really need to check out this app it's like the biggest rating app it rates ingredients from all these cosmetic products you know from baby to adult to everything and it just tells you how clean each ingredient is in each product wow. and we was just like what so and it was just like yeah just type in whatever it is that you're using just type it in and then you see you give it a rating so it gives it a rating from zero to ten the app's called think dirty so it rates ten tens the worst it means it's got loads of harmful ingredients in there zero is the absolute cleanest um so as you can imagine all the gifts that we're getting we're typing all of this the, the, the baby products we're typing them all into the app and like a lot of these products are like we're typing in there like eight nines, we're like what is going on? Like you know you might get a, a a decent five and you're like five is decent. Like this is this is crazy. This is the best that we're getting. I was like so you're telling me there's no zeros like not one, and and all the zeros that you see they're like from America or other countries or they're like twenty five pound a bottle. They're mad expensive and it's like, so that was like another thing. So I was like, 
So you're telling me there's no zero rated in the, in the retail stores where you just go and average buy, you know, products and, and anything that's just normal, accessibly priced. There's nothing. It was like, it don't exist. And I was like, what? There's no way it can't exist. So we're looking at everything, you know, we're looking, looking going to the shops and looking at all the products that's on the shelves in the st- in the stores, in the boots. You, in... you were in packs doing every lift. Every, every... Yeah, I was literally like just battering this, this app, like, and it was like eight, eight, eight. I'm like five. So I'm like, what the heck? What is going on? Um, so we was like, let's just make a, a product then. Let's let's try and do a zero rated product that is accessibly priced. Let's try and do it. And it was like, okay, cool. Where do we start? And we just, like, <laughs> we don't even know where to start. And then that's when it was like, okay, let me put my business hat on. And I'm someone who's I'm so big on like networking and reaching out to people. And you know, you know, they say your network is your net worth, don't they? Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I reached out to a few people that I thought might be able to help, um, and they could. And someone was like, "It's crazy because I just met this amazing manufacturer that does skincare and stuff." And then, like, this idea sounds great. Let's let's kind of get together and let's create a brand and how we want it to look, and then we will go to them and see if it's something they want to do, because you are asking for an awful lot here. So I was like, okay, cool. So we designed the branding and was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And then we took it to the manufacturers and was like, okay, look, this is the plan. We want to make a baby skincare and hair care range. But the only thing is we want it to be, <laughs> we want it to be zero rated on here. So it can't have not one single toxic ingredient in there. No harmful parabens, chemical sulfates, none of that. There was like, Okay, cool, that can be done. I said, all right, and there's these other things as well. Um, can can we get it to be the most natural? And it was like, what is the most natural out there? And I was giving them references, and I was like, I, I want it to be 100%. They was like, no, because if you have 100%, then there'll be fungus and microbes growing on it. You can't. You need some sort of clean preservative alternative in there, but you can get clean preservatives and you can get cheap ones. And I was like, okay, as long as it's clean and, and it's not toxic and it's not harmful, they was like, cool. So then we spent back and forth and they was like, all right, we've got it to 95% natural. And I'm like, nope, not good enough. Going back to the drawing board. And then they're coming back and they're like, look, you know, you, there, there's things like foaming agents that we need to make it foam. And I'm like, give me a sec, gone back. Said, hey guys, I found this Quilegia plant. This is a foaming agent, natural. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. So we're doing, we're, so literally we're doing this. Like it's so much back and forth. And then we're like, yeah. And then they come back and said, we've got 99%. I'm like, 99%, let's go. I was like, yes, let's go. Like we've got it. And it was like that. And then it was like, okay, but I'm still not done. I'm saying like, we are, we need it to be eczema friendly, sensitive skin. Also, if it goes in their eyes, I don't want it to burn them as well. They're like, okay, so you want it to be tear free as well? I'm saying, yes, alcohol free, this, that. And that gave them, the, and then I said, I want the bottles and all of the stuff to be, you know, recyclable, yeah, environmentally yeah, yeah. friendly. And I was like, make sure you're not testing it on animals. It needs to be cruelty free. All of this stuff. And then it was like, oh my God. And then I said, and I still want it at around £5.50. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, you're mad. I was like, you're, you're mad, mad, man. You have to be selling this for at least triple the price. Like, you buy a pack, like, this doesn't even make sense. I'm like, no, no, it, like, we have to, because everything that's good for you is always expensive, isn't it? Yeah, t- totally. So, 
So I was like, no, let's make some, let's try and change that. And then, you know, in order for obviously this to work, we do have to sell loads and people do have to actually buy it. But I'm willing to take that risk by, you know, creating a product that is this good at this price range. Like, and I said, I don't mind taking a risk on it and I'm doing it because I want to change that narrative of everything being good for you is expensive. So it took us a year and a half to just to or back and forth just to get this product yeah. and formulate. But it was in lockdown. So that year and a half in the real time. world, that real that that one year and a half in the real world is probably like four years. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had all the time in the world, was in our house every single day, able to do all the research every wow. day just from home. So, you know, it's crazy that it happened in lockdown because I don't think I would have been able to do it if it wasn't in lockdown because the amount of research and energy that has to go into making a product at this scale is a lot of time so you know a, a year and a half in lockdown and we finally got there and then it was even so deep that we was like we, we when we obviously presented our ingredients and our stuff and everything to think dirty they came back and gave us a two i was like we're not a zero i was like <laughs> wait nah there was i was like nah nah but they was like you, like it's not even just about the ingredients it's about your manufacturers have to prove that the ingredients that you're using are not being cross-contaminated as well i was like oh my god okay cool and then um so you have to go back again to, to try and to get go that. back again and then we had to change some of our suppliers for ingredients because they couldn't prove that so then we had to you know change that and then we finally got all of our products to be proof that they're not cross-contaminated and all of this stuff. Then we got the zero rating across everything. And then it was like, we've done it. Now we've done it. And then once we got to that stage, it was like, um, this is a lot bigger than, you know, just selling this online, man. Like, it's a lot bigger than this. And, you know, when we took it to Boots, Boots was just like, yes, yes, and yes. But even the fact that, you know, even when we told them the price point, they was looking at us like, you sure? You sure? You sure? You sure? <laughs> Did you get that wrong? Did you miss a zero off? You guys are sure about this, yeah? It was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And and they was like, this product is incredible. And, you know, they was they was in love with the brand. They said the branding's beautiful, like, and the product actually matches, you know, how good the branding is. And, you know, you really, really pushed the boundaries here in terms of, all the checklists that you've done and you know how clean it is and natural and going out of your way to put your brand out there because going out there and putting your brand out there to a rating app that literally will tell the truth about your product is a ballsy thing to do the thing is what you've done right would not happen unless it had the backing of someone like yourself so i'm really proud that you have done something like that because it's you know when you get successful, people always ask what you're giving back, what you're doing, what you're doing to give back, what you're going to do to make people, make the world a better place for people. And what you've done there is exactly that. I mean, you could have gone on, you know, making music, um, having other businesses that, you know, are successful and great and do great things. But this business that you've set up here is, is that and more. It's changing the landscape for people literally like and 
I feel like I'm literally going to force all of these other brands to be better. Dude, the people are going to support you. I got a baby due in November and you know what I'm going to be using. I'm going to be using those <laughs> baby. I'm, I'm actually going to go out and buy some stuff for myself right now and try it on my skin. <laughs> no, I like... use it for myself. I swear I use it for myself. I swear I do. So, yeah. No, I wish you all the luck with that and I will I'll back that all the way, mate. Back that all the way. You're doing a good thing there. Listen, buddy, we've come to our time because I know you've got to get back to it. You've got back to the grind, back to the parenting, back to the daddy and all of that. Thank you so much for taking the time. There's one last question that we ask all the guests on the podcast, and it is this. If you could have a dad superpower, what would it be and why? Instant 30-minute nap time. Wagwan, rude boy. 30 minutes. I can just put you to sleep for 30 minutes. Cause not, not any longer because I want, you know... I, yeah, I, yeah, want, yeah, I get I, it. I, I, I totally get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want them to be sleeping all day because I want the time to bond. But there's them moments where you need 30 minutes. They need 30 minutes just as much as you need 30 minutes. <laughs> no, and they don't even realise they need 30 minutes. They're like, no, I don't, I don't need no yeah, 30 <laughs> I'm they're good. irritated, they're agitated, they're vexed, they're moaning and they don't even know why. It's because you need 30 minutes. Boom, here's your 30 minutes and you can just give them 30 minutes. Oh my God. We can, And then we can go and get what we need to get done. Dude. Oh my God. Dude, that might be my favourite so far. 30 minutes. So dude, thank you very much. Good luck with everything. I will see you soon, yeah? Definitely. Appreciate you for having me. It's been an honour, man. Thank you. No, man. You, the pleasure is ours. Take it easy. See you later, brother. Wow, wow, and wow. What a man, what a father. Has made a successful career and is now giving back, not only to um, his own child, but like to children all over the country by developing a brand that is pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries to where they should be. Absolutely inspirational. So there you go, another episode done. But what did you think of it? We would love to know. Leave us a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts or on social media about this episode or the series as a whole. And don't forget, if you want to be first to hear brand new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your preferred podcast platform. To find out more about Dadvengers, make sure you head to our website, dadvengers.com, where there is information about our live chats, our dad walks, our blog posts and more. We'll see you soon.